what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. The whole internet's going crazy right now. <laughs> oh. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to Behind the Gorilla. And, uh, well, we got another interesting show because we're it's another show where we're actually recording while a WWE pay-per-view is going on. Survivor Series is, like, what, almost halfway done at this point, so... Yeah, that sounds about right. So that's fun. The WWE title match, or whatever this title is, is about to... is about to happen. I don't know what the titles are anymore. I know this is one of them, and it's Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan, so... Mark, it's the Blue Universal title. Oh, Try okay. to keep up. I, I, I don't. I can't. It's all stupid. It's the Blue Universal title, Mark. It's... It's a it's a bit. Yeah, no. It's blue now. Yeah, no, I get it. I just want to make sure it's very clever. I don't it know is. You... No, okay. I agree. It is very clever, <laughs> and I and I appreciate it quite a bit. Anyway, I don't know. This is. Just, I'm going to interrupt you again and just kind of ramble for a second. When did wearing the title around your neck become a thing? Uh, right now. I feel like the Usos were the first people that I could think of to eh, do it. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I mean, someone might have done it before. They're they're the first ones, at least in recent memory that I can think of. Yeah. But uh, it's it's officially back. It's dude. It's a great look. I guess not everyone can pull it off, but it looks really really cool on a a creepy you know monster man with stripy Beetlejuice pants and a head lantern. It really works. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's that's good. I'm just eating into our current events time now. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> ah, continue. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, Survivor Series is happening. I have no idea what's going on. I again haven't watched any WWE anything except for WWE backstage um, in a long time, which we'll talk about in just a little bit because there's a lot to talk about with that in a different segment. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, Harris. So. I guess we can talk about our current event stuff. I have almost nothing to bring to the table for this one, but I'll try and 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 fit through the uh, the allotted five minutes of time. But uh, because of that, Harris, how about you go ahead and and uh, go first? Okay. All right. Here uh, we go. I got the timer set, and All right. we're gonna start now. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit right before we came on the air because you mentioned you haven't watched the build-up to Survivor Series at all. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. The thing is, everyone has been hoping for a few years now saying, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they threw NXT into the mix at Survivor Series? If it's going to be all about brand warfare, Raw versus SmackDown, you should have the third brand in there. That would be fun. People kind of fantasy booked it. And this year they finally did it. And the only real reason they did that is because – NXT is a show on USA Network. Please watch it. Let's promote it. Here they are at Survivor Series. So it makes total sense. The first week was awesome because that was the week that they kind of had to make it all up. They had to make it all happen because the roster was stuck in Saudi Arabia, which was hilarious. So they had to fly all these NXT wrestlers up from Florida, run them onto the show at the last minute, and it was a great show. Everything else, every single week since that show, it has been... 
hey, here's a match. What? Is, what? It's it's this person from NXT. That's crazy. What's happening? <laughs> and on Raw, it was, hey, it's that person from SmackDown. That's crazy. What's happening? And on SmackDown, it was that person from NXT or, or Raw. What's happening? Just every episode <laughs> of each of the three shows for the last four weeks. It's fine. It kind of lost any of its luster a few weeks ago for me, but it's fine. The pay-per-view's fine. I'm sure there will be some good matches. This Daniel Bryan theme thing isn't even about Survivor Series or brand supremacy. It's kind of the best thing on TV right now. So it's worth your time for that. Uh, backstage was awesome. You can talk about the other part in our segment. CM yeah. Punk is great. He's, yes, of course. He, I, I get the impression that like he likes being back in the wrestling world, but he doesn't want to have to deal with creative again. Mm-hmm. His whole bit on this show is that nobody's holding him back. Nobody's telling him he can't be himself. So, you know, when he gives David Arquette a grade that may or may not be good in promo school, you know, it's really him. He's not kissing up to anybody. He's not selling out. But then when he turns around and says, I think Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio are going to steal the show at Survivor Series. You know, he means that. And it's really weird to see him say, like, unexpected, positive things about the WWE pay-per-view, like a match that I hadn't thought anything of. Until he said that, that's pretty cool. I didn't even uh, know that. Oh, yeah, of course. I was like, I didn't I even know that was a match. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's been happening for a while. I hope I it's good. It'd be really weird if he was wrong. But he'll come back and say <laughs> that. That's the thing. I'm not saying we'll never see him in the ring again. I think we will. But, like, think about it this way. Like, the perfect time. We saw Bret Hart in a WWE ring again, right? Yeah, yeah. But it happened, like, 15 years after the Montreal screw job. Yeah. When nobody really cared. And it was fine and kind of surreal, but kind of a letdown. That That's what's going to happen with CM Punk. It's going to yeah. happen in, like, a couple years. And it'll be fine. But here's the thing. They're not capable of writing him into a good storyline that does the return of CM Punk justice. I just don't think they can do it. I don't think anyone's capable of that. Yeah. I think on NXT, like if you gave it that kind of structure, I think they could pull it off. But that's kind of another story. Anyway, this is the next best thing. This is Punk in the wrestling world, cutting promos on people, being his usual like charming, charismatic self. And you don't have to worry about him being reined in. You don't have to worry about him reading a crappy script. He just gets to nuke Seth Rollins week in and week out. And it's going to be fantastic. I'm really okay. excited to see him back. I got, That's I got to say. watch TV for me now. Yeah, go The ahead. best part about this, not to cut into your time too much, is the no, fact cool. that every single person associated with this show is a WWE employee, and he's yeah. the only one that's not. So yeah. every time he bashes something, you see everyone look around nervously yeah. at each other and like, huh, yeah, and then move well, on. <laughs> and I'm curious to see how long they let him, like, he talked about the SmackDown angle last week where Baron Corbin brought the furry out to make fun of Roman Reigns. And he was like, right. it was garbage, right? Paige, you agree it was garbage, right? Right, right. <laughs> right. And Paige was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I love I it. Know. Oh, that's my favorite part. It was great. So I don't know how long Fox is going to let him badmouth their own product, but they should because the the fact that he can come on TV and say, hey, that sucked, do better. That's what everyone wants him to do. That's yes. what he's best at. Yes, so it is. that's. I didn't watch backstage the first few weeks it debuted. I watched the whole episode Tuesday, and I plan on continuing to watch it. It's a really fun show. I plan on never watching it again and only watching the highlights of CM Punk. Unless David Arquette comes back, right? Right. I mean, here's the thing. It's great for people like us, honestly, because they recap what happened in the week, too. 
So genuinely, if I can't watch Raw or SmackDown, I can tune into that show and get the only stuff that really matters. Right. In addition to reading recaps and stuff. Plus, okay, last thing, because you cut me off. If the show ends every week with CM Punk cutting a promo <laughs> on a different person, it will automatically be the best thing on WWE TV. <laughs> That's he wasn't true. even trying, and he annihilated Tom Arnold, and it was fantastic. It, it was awesome. It was already the best promo of 2019 in the WWE. It was definitely up there. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I guess I have to talk about something. So, I mean, you don't have to. We'll see if I can fill this, uh, this five minutes here. Um... So all the stuff this week is really WWE because of their pay-per-view and NXT pay-per-view that was last night, which I haven't watched either. And four shows in a row in the same city. How? <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, SmackDown, TakeOver, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's right. Survivor Series, and Raw. All in Chicago. All in the same place. Yeah, I mean, at least it's a good crowd. But I didn't how are people still going? It. How do people go to all these shows? I don't understand. That's a great question. It's ridiculous. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, so I have no idea what's going on with that. Um, but of course, I did watch AEW again, and it continues to be absolutely brilliant. This is just everything I, I've wanted in wrestling for so, so long. And they are so good at all of their stuff. Everyone's good. The storylines are great. The matches are great. Nick Jackson wrestled Phoenix to kick off the show. It was Nick Jackson's first singles match in like years, he said. Hmm. And it was incredible. Those two were awesome. There was one seg there was one spot like up on the top rope where both of them were standing on top ropes and like bouncing around, countering stuff. And like I, I was sitting there and I was like, I have no idea how this is like phys physically happening. It was incredible. Um that was that was so much fun. Uh, it was pretty fun with the the battle royal that they had because MJF got to be the best heel. Adam Page, because uh, the way they did it was the two final people will wrestle for uh, something. I think it's for number one contendership maybe or something like that. But anyway, and so the last two, like MJF, at one point was like on the outside. But he had gone like under the rope. And so the last two ended up being Adam Page and Jungle Boy. And everyone was like, oh, yes, Jungle Boy. And then all of a sudden, here comes MJF and just throws him off the end and goes in to take the spot and win. And I was like, okay, that was that was good. I hate you so much. You can die. <laughs> and uh, and so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then Chris Jericho came out because he had to, he had a big announcement. And first he said, because last week he lost for the first time in a tag match and Scorpio Sky pinned him. And mm -hmm. so, and he threw a temper tantrum a la Jericho of 19, like 96 in WCW mm -hmm. and it was hilarious. So he had to come out and apologize for it, but cause it wasn't becoming of a champion, but he couldn't say the word sorry. So he had Jake Hager out there. And every time the word sorry came up, he handed the microphone to Hager and Hager said, sorry. So he was like, all right, everyone, I'm very... And then he would hand it to Hager and he go, sorry. Oh, it was so funny. Um, but then SCU comes out. He also announced that there's going to be a big like Thanksgiving Day celebration or something next week. And so, But then SCU came out 
Scorpio Sky got on the mic talking about how he pinned him and everything. And this was just the funniest segment. I can't do it justice in this limited time or trying to do it myself. But basically, SCU used reverse psychology to get Scorpio Sky a title match next week. And it was hilarious. It was so funny. Just baited Chris Jericho into giving him a title match. And if you haven't watched it, please go and watch that clip. Um, And then at the end... They were attacking SCU, and then here comes Jurassic Express. Luchasaurus comes out, huge, biggest pop, and clears out all of them. Uh, clears out all of the uh, inner circle, continuing to look like a freaking star, and then won a squash match against the Librarian, and it was amazing. And Luchasaurus is the greatest thing in professional wrestling right now. Um, and then uh, later, the main event, Darby Allen, John Moxley. Okay, I didn't get a chance to watch this, so don't spoil too much of it. I know who won. Okay, this I'm match going to watch it. was amazing. Darby Allen is a mother freaking star, and he's just he's perfect. He's the perfect baby face. He stands out. He's small. He's exciting. He can talk. He's unique. Everything about it is perfect. And then Moxley obviously is just one of the best in the business. And they put on a heck of a show. And I cannot wait to see where, well, really where both these guys go, but I cannot wait. They're, they're giving Darby Allen all these main event matches, but he keeps coming up short. I'm waiting mm-hmm. when he finally gets to that point where he wins one of these, it's just going to be the biggest thing and it's going to be awesome. So, uh, AEW, another, another awesome week for sure. That was, I was about to say that's really good timing. And then I realized you can see the clock and I can't. <laughs> so that probably helps. Yeah, I, I I think so. Okay, I'm it's just a little bit official. This, I'm just gonna say this real quick as we wrap up. Somebody in the front row has a sign that says, "Hey Tim, AEW sucks," and I'm wondering <laughs> if they're like, are they gonna make him get rid of the sign because it says AEW on it? And they no, don't are you kidding me? Vince wrote is. it. Or Vince just... wrote it in the back, like we talked about last week with that uh um. The the Isaac Yankum. Yeah, the, the Isaac Yankum. Yeah. yeah. It does it looks no offense to whoever you are in the front row, it looks like poorly made enough that Vince could have actually made it. Although I don't know who <laughs> Tim is, but Oh man. Apparently, and this is the last thing I'll say, last night at NXT, which I also didn't get a chance to watch, they cut to Britt Baker in the crowd. Cause she's married to it's Adam Cole, right? I believe she's married uh, to Adam Cole. I don't remember. And they like named her by name as, "Oh, hey, there's Britt Baker watching." And everyone was like, "Hang on, what?" <laughs> like she's not she's not in the ranks. She's not about to debut for NXT. She's very clearly signed to AEW. Why did they do that? Right. And in the this could be a lie, but I kind of doubt it in the in the like media call after the pay-per-view, someone asked Triple H about that and he was like, "Okay, here's the thing." The producer cut to her not knowing who it was ah. and then realized who it was. But because she was already on TV, Morrow was like, well, we have to acknowledge it. Otherwise, <laughs> it's weird. Right. So he said, oh, there's Britt Baker. He was like Triple H was like, I didn't like I didn't do that to get her in trouble with people at AEW. I hope that's not what happened. Right. Right. <laughs> that just that kind of made me laugh because WWE is usually so overproduced. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to see something like organic and kind of funny come from their yeah. production team, you know? Yeah, that's pretty funny. All right. All Good right. roundup, guys. Yeah. Good work. 
and all this is all gonna work out because you know that we were a little bit longer at the beginning. This next segment's gonna be way, way, way longer than normal, and yeah. uh, my topic's a little bit shorter than normal. So, so it all, it all, it all will even up in the end. Um, Harris, do you know what time it is now? It's eight fifty-two. Wow, way to just do that. These people, the, these guys are listening <laughs> to it. Who knows when? And you just confused everybody. Oh, well, right. Okay. I'm sorry. If you're not listening to it, if you didn't start this podcast at 845 or so, then it is probably not 852. <laughs> Don't worry. You're, you're not running late. You're, you're doing great. Hang in there. Harris, what time, what time is it really? It's time for what happened with David Arquette, Mark. Tell me, tell me. Okay. It's time for What's Up with David Arquette. David Arquette has done more this week than he has in the past, like, six months. Oh, my gosh. We got to start with WWE Backstage. David Arquette's back on WWE Programming, Harris. And it was glorious. Oh, my goodness. I was so ready for this. 11 o'clock, ready, sitting there. And then we get to see David Arquette waltz in. Oh my gosh. Promo school is one of the greatest things that any creative has come up with, and it definitely was not WWE. It was definitely Fox. And it's it's so good. It was good last time with uh, Gabriel Iglesias and Samoa Joe. And now we got David Arquette going against uh, his good friend Booker T. Harris, is there anything that could have made this any better? Because I don't really think that there is. David Arquette cut a promo on Booker T. He cut. He then mid midway through the promo just turned and started cutting a promo on CM Punk, who wasn't even part of the thing, and yeah. that was amazing as well. Yeah. So okay, first of all, number one to answer your question, the only thing that could have made it any better is if is if DDP had made a run in oh. that would have made it better. That's a good point. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> That's the only thing. The other thing I want to say is I love that David Arquette attacked this segment the same way he has attacked pretty much everything in life, which is just with this like reckless abandon and sense of joy. Like he's just a big <laughs> kid when yeah. it comes to a lot of this stuff. You could tell he was just so giddy to be there oh, he was cutting so a happy. promo on Booker T. I would love – I don't know if they'll bring him back or not because spoiler alert – they didn't grade him super well, which <laughs> on one hand, like, look, obviously I'm a little biased. I thought it was great. I would have given him like a B plus just because, you know, he was clearly having a little too much fun and not being intimidating. Right. But it's it is kind when we're clearly there to just goof around and have a good time. It is a little more fun when they actually grade you like realistically. It reminds me of like an NXT or what was it? Tough enough. The reality show. I mean, he got, you know, they, they just kind of killed him because he was clearly up there just kind of clowning around and having fun, which, you know, the grades don't really affect that. I had fun either way. But right. OK, before it we was keep it was going, delightful, man. Before we yeah. keep going, got to do it. And so here, if you guys haven't heard it already, take a listen to David Arquette's promo from promo school. This is my, my turn? Got just your turn, right? My turn, Let's Booker T. You only got one. You should have five, right? You know, you should give that one to me. Because I was the champion before you. <laughs> That's right. He's first. And, uh, you know, I've been on all the screens. 
And I can make you scream, too. Yes. <laughs> or maybe I should wait to hold that for your wife. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you meet your wife on the set of Ready to Rumble? Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tell him. Yeah, yeah. You, you Booker T. You know, my whole family is in the business. My, my sister won an Oscar. And she still didn't carry me as much as Stevie Ray carried you. Oh, oh wow. Yaks. You know what that T stands for? You totally should have given up your career after WCW. Uh, sorry, it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's oh, not nice. Wow. That's not nice. Oh. But see, a punk's here. We're all really excited. Yeah, we are. Now, if he goes back to wrestling, maybe... The fans will start screaming my name when they see something they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Uh, you know, I may have had a terrible wrestling career, but it was way better than your MMA career. <laughs> sorry, it takes a lot of guts just to step in the ring. Honestly, we're happy you're back, CM Punk. I saw, I saw your, uh, your interview on... on uh, uh, Vanity Fair was very inspiring. Yeah, you yeah. love wrestling. <laughs> I love wrestling. And Booker T, you might not. And Booker T, <laughs> maybe you're not supposed to say this in a promo. But I love you. <laughs> what the? I know, it turned, I turned, it turned Okay, back. so it, that was pleasant. Okay, so fantastic. All over the place, as we already talked about. To be honest, it really wasn't much of a promo as it was David Arquette grabs a mic and just talks about how much he loves wrestling. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. Um, again, I love that Booker T just came out with the world title. That was, that was a nice touch <laughs> as well for him. I, I, I love the, um, the little tidbit about how David Arquette, after he won the WC title, WCW title, went backstage and looked at Booker T and was like, hey, Booker T, you got one of these. Hey. <laughs> oh, man. I love how he just like, yeah, I won that before you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I would love to see them get him back if they can get him back because I think then maybe the butterflies will be gone and he could cut a real serious promo. Because yeah. for the first like 20 seconds, it looks like he's going to. And if he had showed up went in on Booker T, went in on CM Punk, like you pointed out, he did do, and, like, stuck the landing, that would have been absolutely incredible. I still love him for, like, clearly losing himself in the moment a little bit. Like I said, like a big kid, that's beautiful. But it would have been just as amazing to see him finish that promo and then think, wait, is he trying to get a match with somebody? <laughs> like, did he mean that a little bit? <laughs> I agree. That would be... uh no, that would be pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, he didn't get graded well. Um, I thought that was a shame, but I, I mean, I, I mean, I agree because it wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't a promo. So right, like I get it, but come right. on, come on. Although, uh, CM Punk changing it to an F plus was amazing, <laughs> and that is gonna be like the best gift. Ever. It was amazing. That that's that's like the best I'm WWE so gift have... now. Because I'm whenever so something dumb happens, new... you can just yes. use that GIF, and it's great. We have new CM Punk GIFs again because we've been using <laughs> the same ones for like five years because we haven't. He hasn't made any new ones. The right. economy has run dry. It has, and now we've we've hit pay dirt again. 
The oil is flowing freely. The economy is booming, and we get new CM Punk gifts every week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Yeah, and David Arquette, good sport as always, as he is about everything, pointed out he became a meme. Like the CM Punk F, F plus gift would not exist without David Arquette. We have that to think now. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good point. It definitely – yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't have been there without – Without that um, wonderful performance. Changing the industry yet again. Exactly. Um, Okay, so now we got to move on to Booker T's promo. And so I'm going to play that here uh, for you guys as well. So take a listen to Booker T's promo. Are we ready? Yeah. Are we yeah. ready? Yeah. Are we ready? I mean, I mean, come on. Let's do let, let's do this like it's supposed to be done. Let me put that belt down for a second because, you know, David Arquette, he roll up in here like it's 1980 with that jacket on like it's the Jackson 5 victory tour. So today, I'm going to call you Tito. Uh, because Tito, he always got the scrap. Tito, <laughs> Tito was the one that, that never got the girls, and that's kind of like you. I mean, he did what, what was that? Ready to rumble? It was pretty good. He did scream. It was all right. He did eight-legged freaks, but in the last 20 years, this man ain't done nothing that didn't go straight to DVD, and we all know that. But let me tell you something. It was uh, April 26, 2000. The man showed up in WCW. He was challenging for the WCW championship versus Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, how did that go for him? Oh, he walked away, the champion, then to the back, into the dressing room. Who is he sitting across from? Booker T. Oh, lowly Booker T. He asked Booker T, hey, Booker T, how many times have you won the world championship? And I look at David Arquette, and I say, I never won the WCW championship. True story. David Arquette's, he looks back at me. I look back at him like I want to go whoop his ass. But I say, no, I ain't going to do that. David Arquette commenced the next night, go out on national television, and he holds that title up and he says, hey, I don't deserve this title. People like Booker T deserve this title. People in the back that's working real hard, they deserve this title. That showed me what kind of person that David Arquette really was. I know he came up here to cut a promo on me, but the last words he said was, I love you. And I must say, brother, I love you because if it wasn't for David Arquette, the spark that lit the flame, Booker T may have never became one-time champ. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. You guys got turned into okay guys now one that's amazing but but two the best part of his promo you you didn't get because this is only audio but if you follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla or on Instagram at behind underscore gorilla you know all about what happened now, again, we were really excited for this happening. So, of course, I'm on the Twitter page tweeting about a billion times about David Arquette being on this show. And one of them was picked up by whatever bots are used in the uh, FS1 studios or intern or whoever it is. It's definitely not a bot because then you could get some really sketchy stuff on there potentially. Well, but they could they, st- they could filter out certain things. From, oh yeah, it might from be that. that. But anyway, regardless, up on the screen pops up one of my tweets about David Arquette while Booker T starts talking, 
And it was on screen longer than any others, and it was the last one, so it had more impact than everything else. And <laughs> it was awesome. So we have David Arquette on WWE TV and one of our tweets about it up at the same time. Harris, I didn't think we could come close to having David Arquette on the show, but we came pretty close on Tuesday. Boy, did we. And if you're listening to this show, because you saw that, welcome aboard. Uh, we're, we're sorry. I don't know. I don't know what else to say here. <laughs> Stick around. Check go, out some other episodes. Go listen to our, our uh, interview with David Arquette. Yeah. Back we from, uh, That's few, right. Back from January. Yeah. Go and go to our uh, website, and the link is on the Twitter page, at behind underscore gorilla. And, uh, it's the best thing we've ever done. Or go on Apple Podcasts or whatever. Scroll down. It's it's a ways away because it was about nine or ten months ago now. And it's called David Arquette is here! Exclamation point. And uh, go take a listen to that because it's fantastic. You'll get some new information about David Arquette too that he hasn't really said other places. So definitely give that a listen. But, but other than that, Booker T's promo, fantastic. And again, just like David Arquette, dropped the promo at the end and just talked about how awesome David Arquette was for the last segment on how, as as David Arquette talked about, kind of, you know, that he won the title before Booker T, and the next night, he's, like, at, or the next week in Nitro, he's talking with him backstage, and is like, oh, so how many times have you won the title? And he's like, I, I haven't won the title. And, he, and, and that moment, he's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and Booker T was not happy, uh, as you yeah. could imagine. But then, uh, like the next week or whatever, he goes out live and and is talking in a backstage segment to book to a uh, Diamond Dallas Page, and on you know li- on the live TV he says like I don't deserve this title. Other people deserve this title. People like Booker T deserve this title. Yeah. And and that was that was huge for 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 Booker T at the time, who was still. Uh, I'm not sure if he was still tagging as Harlem Heat or if he had maybe ju- he'd. Pro- I think he had just broken. Into a singles competition around that time. I mean, it was late run WCW. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was single. Like he was a mid carter, yeah. but he was he was in his singles run at that point. Yeah, and but hadn't quite gotten to that main event level. And then pretty soon after this, he he got up to that level. And then in the last like year of WCW, he won the title five times, which everyone knows. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, pretty cool moment right there for them, and just an overall awesome way to just end this uh, in this incredible segment i mean it was it was everything we could have ever hoped for that's for sure as as, yeah, as the premier was. david arquette podcast i think i mean i haven't checked there might be another one out there there's i'd be not, shocked but it's okay you don't even okay, have to worry good. about it you don't even have to okay. look there's good. definitely I'm, there's definitely not one okay um okay so that's all with backstage but that's not all we have with David Arquette. And you, do you know why, Harris? I don't think I do. Okay. David Arquette wrestled again. He hasn't wrestled in a while. It's It's been a, it's been a, a little while since he has uh, been in the wrestling ring. He's been doing other stuff. The wrestling has definitely uh, calmed down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. As I know, there you know, he's working on that documentary and everything so his wrestling run is mostly done but he uh is still um still doing stuff from time to time and he wrestled yesterday it 
was called Storcade at the Comedy Store in L.A. It was a pretty hmm. big show. There was a lot of stuff that happened. Um, Luchasaurus wrestled on the show. Priscilla Kelly and Joey Ryan. Um, Enzo wrestled against Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, wow, did he actually wrestle? Sorry not to interrupt you. I saw he was going to be there. I didn't yeah. know if it was going to be an appearance or what. Well, cool. Yeah, he wrestled uh, Pentagon and or the Lucha Bros uh, fought. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know that match happened. Oh, man, I would love to see that match. Shoot. I didn't even look at the whole card. I just knew David Arquette was wrestling. But mm-hmm. uh, the Lucha Brothers uh, took on Darby Allen and Evan Bourne. Jeez, I would love to see that match. Man, is there? A, I was gonna say I would have paid for this. Yeah, that would have been great. You know this was happening. I don't think it was. I don't think it was aired anywhere. I think it was just a live show. Yeah, it was. It was just a live show. But anyway, David Arquette wrestled, and it is awesome. Now I was. It wasn't. Didn't air anywhere. But there's several. Uh, there were several like Instagram story videos that I was. I was able to see because David Arquette. Um, David Arquette uh, reposted several of them. So, David Arquette came in, and uh, nice little, nice little entrance, nice little ovation. Here, he had someone in his corner, some, I don't know, attractive female, whatever. I don't know who, I don't know who she is. It's not his wife, but anyway, some valet. But guess who he wrestled? It was a big mystery. Nobody knew it wasn't on the card. But do you know who he wrestled, Harris? It it is it it couldn't have been picked any better for this show. Let just I think have... think we've done an episode on him. It was mm-hmm. one of our very first episodes. Buff Backwell. No, even yes. earlier. Uh, who else have we done episodes on? Who else was that early? Harris. It was our second episode. It was your first episode. It was my first episode, but it wasn't. Wait, okay, now hang on. Now I don't tell me. I have to remember. I'm embarrassed. Okay. So the first episode was The Gorilla, and then I guess your next episode was David Arquette. So what was no, the no, no, first no, no. The first episode was mine, and it was The Gorilla. No, that's, that's what I said. I said your first episode yes. was The Gorilla, and then I guess your second episode was David Arquette. Yeah, so that would be episode three, but episode two. He didn't two... wrestle the Shockmaster, did he? Yes, he did. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Why is this? I would pay fifty dollars to watch this show. <laughs> this sounds incredible. I know. I know. Oh, it was great. He wrestled was the Shockmaster. It? Oh my goodness. No, but Harris, it gets even better, because again, and there's just a handful of Instagram live videos from a few different accounts that I was able to find. Only about maybe three and a half minutes of stuff, but Shockmaster comes out. Behind the little stage, again, this is a real small, small room. He has the stormtrooper helmet, spray painted glitter and everything, no shirt, and then just like jeans or like pants. And he like very carefully like peeks around the corner and then slowly (laughs) makes his way to the edge of the stage and like tips a toe down the step and walks down the steps as slowly as humanly possible. Like holding on to the wall as he makes his way to the ring. <laughs> That's absolutely incredible. Oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And so they go at it in the ring. You know, it kind it is it is what it is. 
for these two. A really old guy who's very, very large and, 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 you know, uh, kind of wrestler, David Arquette. And so just a handful of moves I would, I was able to see. It looks like David Arquette got a lot of the offense in, um, few near falls. He ends up doing, um, I, I don't know if this is from anything, but the Shockmaster went over to the girl and was harassing her. So she grabs him and, of course, plants a big kiss on him. That distracts him. David Arquette, he walks around the ring holding up, you know, like Matt Hardy's V1 sign? Well, yeah. imagine if the first and middle finger were together. Holding up like that, his hand like that, all the way to the crowd, and then he just shoves it into the butt of Shockmaster. Right, give him the old shocker. Right, exactly. And then, then he turns around and hits the, the diamond cutter and gets the one, two, three. And your winner is uh, our patron saint, David Arquette. And it was amazing. Man, that's incredible. Is there footage of this or did you just have yes. to read about it? No, no, I told okay, you it was yeah, on I'm... Instagram. It was on some Instagram live videos. I recorded a bunch of them and I have them here on, uh, I'm going to end up posting, I'll post a few of them. Heck yeah. After I get stuff uh, cut a little bit from from these guys. There was a handful of guys. And then he, he made a little – he talked for a little bit either before or after the match. But you can't really hear much of it. It's just a few seconds long. Mm. But uh, so David Arquette gets the win against the Shockmaster. And behind the gorilla wins again. What a time to be alive, man. I, 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 can't, I can't think of anything better, Harris. I, I really can't. It is absolutely incredible. So this is our best uh, what's up with David Arquette and longest probably ever. But it's because this was the best David Arquette wrestling week we've had in a very, very long time. Maybe ever. It might be the best one ever. So far. So yeah, far. yeah, so far. So anyway, I guess that I guess that I guess that kind of wraps it up with our our what's up with David Arquette. And boy, it was it was quite quite a great one. So uh, we're more than half an hour into the show already and we haven't even got to the topic yet a whole point of doing the quick five minute things was so that we could get into the topic quicker but we had plenty more amazing things to talk about so just i was gonna say that was that was assuming that what's up with david arquette is a short segment right he's in the news every week we might have to reformat the show again we might we might and that would be a good thing that'd be a good problem to have yeah absolutely all right, so as Survivor Series continues to go on into the background with me not paying any attention because here in the room, the desk is on the wall opposite the TV, so <laughs> I really can't see it at all unless I look up into the mirror and then I can kind of see. Randy Orton was doing his pose for a second there. but anyway. Randy Orton and Ciampa are squaring off. It's actually pretty cool, but it's fine. All right, we got to get into the topic, Harris. Now, this topic, I'm so, so happy with this topic for many, many reasons. You'll find out uh, soon enough. But one thing, I didn't want to do WWE. We done, we hadn't done a non-WWE episode since you did King Maxwell. So it it, <laughs> it, it, it had been a while. And uh, and somehow I was able, I was able to find some article where it was talking about weird things in wrestling which i look up stuff like that all the time but this was a new one i hadn't seen before so there were there was Mm -hmm. several things where i was like i never heard of these this is great and this is one of them and all of our the the whole topic today uh, centers on one 
about three and a half minute segment. So you oh might my. be thinking, how do I get a whole episode about that? And that was what I was thinking as well. But I was able to make it work. So we'll get into it right here. Paul Parlett Orndorff Jr. was born October 29th, 1949. He would, of course, go on to become Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and had a very successful career in wrestling. Now, Harris, are you familiar with uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff? I it vaguely yeah like I know the name okay I can picture him in my mind's eye and I have a rough idea of kind of what he did I don't I'm I'm not super familiar with him but I know who you're talking about good good I mean that that's that that's good okay so we are uh, in late 1983 Orndorff after several years of wrestling for different companies signs with the WWF and then in January of 1984, he makes his debut with Rowdy Roddy Piper as his manager. So, you know, that's pretty big time right there. Piper was the one that actually gave him the nickname Mr. Wonderful. And, of course, that stuck. And that was his character because he was a cocky, arrogant heel. Thought he was better, you know, than everyone else and thought he was best at everything. And o- the overconfidence would usually be the thing that would end up leading to his downfall. You know, we've seen it time and time again in the wrestling world. It's a very popular type of character for a heel. His first match was on January 23rd, 1984 in Madison Square Garden. And uh, some people might recognize that date because that's also the date when Hulk Hogan defeated the Iron Sheik to win the WWF title and when Hulkamania was officially born. So, big date in history. And Orndorff was sent basically straight into the main event. Um, he challenged, He was one of the first challengers uh, for the WWF championship when, when Hogan first got it. Uh, obviously did not win, as Hogan held the title for like two years or whatever it was. But he and Piper would also tag team a lot during this time as, as kind of the top heels in the company. And near the end of 84, Piper attacked Sidney Lauper, and that started the setup for the first ever WrestleMania, which of course the first main event was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Rowdy Piper and Paul Orndorff. So, pretty big thing. First ever main event of WrestleMania, and Paul Orndorff was a big factor in that. Um, and Paul Orndorff, of course, was the one who who got the pin after Cowboy Bob Orton Jr., who was, the man, who was in the corner of Piper and Orndorff, of course, always had a broken arm for like six years and went to hit Hogan with the cast and, of course hit Orndorff instead, and that helped Hogan get the pin. But after the match, Piper and Orton Jr., they blamed him for the loss. So eventually, that ended up helping him turn face, and he ended up tag-teaming with Hogan quite a bit, kind of over the next year. So anyway, he would go on to have a very memorable career, and he's in the WWE Hall of Fame now. But if you thought we were going to spend time focusing on all the great things Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff had accomplished, then, well... Clearly, you've never listened to this show before, ever, or know anything about it. Because this is not a show about the great things that have happened in wrestling, for the most part. Sometimes we stumble onto stuff, and that's fun. But normally, this is a show about really, really dumb stuff in wrestling. So, for that, we head to WCW in 1995. Now, we've talked about several things in WCW in 1995, but... This one might just 
take the cake. So, after a successful tag team run with Paul Roma, he returned to singles action, Mr. Wonderful did, and he was going after the television title. Now, this is late in the career of Paul Orndorff. He's had several injuries. He, he kind of res- retired from wrestling um, in the late 80s into the early 90s. And now he's coming back. I think he's like 43 or 45 years old at the time. It's kind of a last ty- a last run, you could say, for uh, Orndorff. And he's going for the television title against the Renegade. Now, Harris, have you ever heard of the Renegade? I am familiar with the Renegade, yeah. Okay. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Renegade basically could be its own story. Um, because he was WCW's attempt to copy the Ultimate Warrior gimmick. You know how... Like, it was horrible. You know how there's Dr. Pepper and then you go to like Kroger and see that they also sell Dr. Thunder right next to the Dr. Pepper? Yep. Renegade was Dr. Thunder. Mm-hmm. Like, they just did that. They didn't have the Ultimate Warrior, so they just got a guy, had him paint his face... Gave him music that kind of sounded like the Warriors music and just called him Renegade. Used nine cans of hairspray to get his hair all up. And yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. It was weird. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's weird. And it it's, is it's an not episode. good. That's that's correct. So, OK, so he's and now he was a rookie at the time and he was getting a pretty big mid card push and was the TV champ. So at Bash at the Beach, Mr. Wonderful Took him on for the title. The match is, mm, eh, it's cookie cutter. It's boring. It's uh, it's not that good. And the crowd is really not into it because Bash at the Beach this year was literally just on a beach, kind of like Road Wild or any of those or Hog Wild or any of those shows where it's just like at a place and just kind of open. It's not like ticketed or anything. So the crowd's kind of not. I mean, they're just kind of there. And uh, they don't care at all about the Renegade. They're actually cheering more for Mr. Wonderful than the Renegade, even though he's the heel. But anyway, the Renegade gets the pin, and he remains champ. And uh, so, but Orndorff would get a few more chances to win the title from the Renegade, but he would—he wasn't able to do it. He, he lost each and every time. And that did not end up sending well with Orndorff. And so it kind of became, it kind of became this thing that, you know, he's this legend, and he can't defeat a rookie, no matter how hard he tries. So this started him kind of sliding down and losing his confidence. And he just continued to lose match after match after match. And he was on this big losing streak. Think Kurt Hawkins, but not as long. And um, so anyway, that you know, that's not a good thing for anyone, much less a wrestler. I mean, you, you that's that's the bread and butter right there, especially for someone named Mr. Wonderful. It's kind of a big deal for him to be uh, confident in himself. So it all kind of came to a crashing halt, though, um, in a match against Macho Man at an episode of WCW Worldwide. It's a, actually a pretty decent match. It, it's an intense match. And, uh, of course, any match with Macho Man is. And the crowd is red hot for Macho Man. This is a smaller, almost, it's not, I don't know if it's quite a studio. If it is, it's a really big studio. But it's a much smaller venue. And smaller crowds, they're just awesome. Like, we've seen that with NWA recently, which I should have talked about on my five-minute thing. Question Mark is amazing. Harris, you have to watch the question mark. He's incredible. He's the okay. biggest star in the company, and he's 
literally done almost nothing. And he is it gets Perfect. more cheers than anyone. He's awesome. Anyway. Um, All right. Tapings are coming up. I'll catch up before we go. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely worth it. Uh, okay. So, anyway. Macho Man ends up pulling out the win with an elbow drop. And this just was the breaking point with Orndorff and his self-doubt and everything. Mm-hmm. But right when this happens... Someone came in to lend a uh, a helping hand in this situation. So, Fall Brawl 95. Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain talked about Orndorff and his troubles and his losing and everything, but they said that the other week, after the loss to Savage, Orndorff had a visitor come by his locker room, and they have the footage of it. So, now we go to the segments. You see the locker room, you see a locker room door, and there's a uh, piece of paper on it. It says WCW Restricted Area. And then underneath is written Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. But the Mr. Wonderful has been like X'd out. Like, he's so distraught. He doesn't even think he's worthy of being called Mr. Wonderful anymore. And that's exactly what we see inside. Because inside, he's just having a complete breakdown. He doesn't even know if he is Mr. Wonderful anymore. He's just freaking out, yelling. He's throwing towels, hitting his head against the mirror, throwing his flip-flops, like, just everything. And the whole thing is edited together with jump cuts. So, like, he throws a towel, and then he's on the other side of the room, like, hitting his head on the mirror. Like, it's it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It, <laughs> it's like a middle schooler learned how to edit, and that's what happened. I mean, it's hilarious. But he keeps freaking out, going nuts, yelling. He's asking himself, why is this happening? And who am I? And all this stuff. Uh, he's then sit, just kind of slumped in a chair, unlacing his boots, when he hears a knock at the door. Now, who could this be? The door opens, and in walks... You know what, Harris? Take a guess. Who do you think walks in? Robocop. No, but that's Robocop. a good guess. Uh, David Arquette. That would be even better, but no, unfortunately. This is not a surprise, David Arquette. Okay, so this is 1995, right? Yes. Yeah, so David Arquette would have been really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Steiner. No. All right. You're not going to get it. It's a, that's I, a waste I have no of time. Idea. All right. Well, the person that comes in is definitely nothing you would ever think you would see or have any idea what you were looking at when it comes in. It's this strange-looking man wearing a white frilly shirt, a deep, and it's kind of it's a deep V-neck. He's got white pants as well, so dressed all in white. It's kind of short, little round, um, and he has like this weird kind of mustache, and on top of his head, Harris, on top of his head is this like light gray whitish afro but but it's not an af it's not just an afro it's a wig that covers his entire head except for his face like it it's like it was a giant it used to be a giant ball of like poofy wool that was hollowed out to fit over his head and then the face area was like cut out so that it showed his face it's I, I I can't even do it justice trying to describe it. Orndorff looks very confused, and then he exclaims, 
Gary Spivey? Gary Spivey of the Psychic Companions Network? What are you doing here? (laughs) That's the worst crossover I've ever heard. (laughs) That's incredible. So hang on. Okay, so first of all, so I'm led to believe – correct me if I'm wrong. So this is a – that is who this guy is. He's a guy who's on a psychic TV network, and they're doing like a crossover. And yes. instead of saying like, hey, we have a special guest here today, it's this guy from this show and he's hanging out backstage, which would take like exactly the same amount of time. They just have him say it in this lovely little exposition dump. Yes. Wow. Um, and also it's not a TV. It's not a TV program. It, okay. it's, it's actually a, a hotline program, which I'm gonna, I'll, I'll explain all about this guy after – at the end of the show. I'm okay, just going to okay, save. Great. You're going to have to. Everyone's going to just have to sit and stew about who this guy is. Until we finish. And until we get to the end of the show. Because I don't want to break the the flow of the segment. Because it's just too great. Okay. So. He comes in. Gary Spivey. Gary Spivey of the Psychic Companions Network. What are you doing here? And he says this as the worst actor in history. And he clearly has no clue who this guy is and is attempting to read off of cue cards. Like, that's very, very clear that uh, someone's just holding up a card that says, Gary Spivey of the Psychic Companions Network. Because um, he kind of stumbles over the, the Psychic Companion Network, which is just, oh, it's great. So Spivey comes in, he's full of energy, and he says that he's had a vision, and he knew that Mr. Wonderful was not okay, and he has something to tell him. He then repeats, like, the same thing he just said, that he knew Orndorff wasn't okay, and then Orndorff, with a confused, but... It's like a real confused face, but he's trying to, like, look like he's amazed, and he says, You did? How did you know that? Spivey repeats that he had a vision... And psychics know. That's that's all he says in response. And Orndorff then just snaps and goes into how he he used to be the biggest wrestler in the world, and he's trying to sound distraught. And he claimed he had, he once had so many belts that he couldn't carry them all. And Spivey reaches up and holds his hands to his temples and says, "He knows, and he can, and he has seen these things." Like, imagine how psychics hold their hands up to their head. Yeah. Like he's literally yeah. doing like that. Like rubbing his temples. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so he says he already knows that, and he knows Orndorff is Mr. Wonderful. And even though he doesn't feel so wonderful, that these feelings will pass, and great things are ahead. He just needs to be Mr. Wonderful. Orndorff protests, saying that he used to be Mr. Wonderful, but Spivey cuts him off and says that he is Mr. Wonderful, and the people call him Mr. Wonderful. Spivey stands up and tells Orndorff to look in the mirror and asks him, who does he see? Orndorff stands, walks over to the full-length mirror, and he says he sees Mr. Wonderful. Spivey says Orndorff, should see the vision he sees and that Mr. Wonder and and that he is Mr. Wonderful. 
Orndorff just starts repeating, I am Mr. Wonderful, just over and over and over as he looks into the mirror. Just, I am Mr. Wonderful. And Spivey's like behind him, chiming in, you are Mr. Wonderful, and you know you're Mr. Wonderful too. And Orndorff just keeps going, I am Mr. Wonderful. And he starts flexing in the mirror. And then he says, I look better than I ever did before. And then back to Spivey, who has this just stupid grin on his face and says, see my visions? Bigger cars, bigger houses, more money. Orndorff walks over to the counter and grabs his robe and also looks into the mirror that's over the counter and again says, I am Mr. Wonderful. And Spivey, still just grinning ridiculously, says, there you are. You see what I see. Orndorff's looking at himself. He's looking at himself in the mirror, but Harris, he's actually looking at the reflection of the camera in the mirror. <laughs> so he's basically staring straight into the camera as he's Great. doing this. He then looks down at his wrist and kisses it, and Spivey chirps in, like chirps, that's it. Now you've got it. Orndorff just continues to repeat, I am Mr. Wonderful, and kiss like all the way up his arm. Like, forearm and bicep and everything. And Spivey's just grinning like a dork, saying, that's it, that's great. And then he, and he's just so excited to watch this guy kiss himself. And then he just kind of goes out of frame, and we don't see him again. And Orndorff then leans in real close to the mirror. And after one more, I am Mr. Wonderful, he says, thank you, Gary Spivey. And he kisses his reflection on the mouth. <laughs> so we cut so, back to Tony and Bobby the Brain because remember, remember this was a tape segment they showed, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony is trying to act like this is a normal segment, and <laughs> and and as Tony Schiavone's just hilarious at that, especially in the later days of Nitro when it was just falling apart, um, and uh, Bobby is exclaiming how much Orndorff needed that. And he says he knows Paul Orndorff, and he'll probably now go and change everything about himself because of this. He then wonders uh, um, out loud if Spivey could help him on the races later, which is which is just perfect Bobby the Brain to finish that off. And then uh, Tony also adds that you don't call him Paul Orndorff anymore. He only goes by Mr. Wonderful. So now we're set up to where this is going to lead to. But first off, Harris, I just want to hear your uh, initial response to uh, to that segment. It sounds like the weirdest wrestling version of A Christmas Carol of all time. <laughs> That's what it, you know, or like it's a wonderful that. life. Good point. Like some sort of weird magical fairy tale creature comes along and teaches you a valuable lesson that <laughs> the strength you really needed was inside you all along. <laughs> It's kind of great. I'm really curious to see what happens next. And it would be incredible if this guy became like a recurring character who just gave like Zack Ryder a pep talk whenever he was down in the dumps. But it was like a great gazoo sort of situation where, you know, Zack Ryder was like, hey, man, why'd you let that guy in here? And they're like, Zack, we haven't let anybody in your locker room all day, (laughs) you know, like that sort of thing. That would be pretty funny. It's. The impression I have is that the execution of it is not nearly as entertaining as, like, the idea of it. <laughs> right. It sounds like Paul Orndorff is not a wonderful actor. No. And the fact that this is 1995 WCW means it, he was definitely not a good actor. But, no. boy, I 
I see why we got it on this show, and I'm kind of curious to see where it leads next. Okay, well, unfortunately, there is no more uh, occurrence of, of Gary Spivey in, in any any further uh, segments, unfortunately. But Mr. Wonderful has changed quite a bit. I mean, you know, he he, you know, because he just got the biggest pep talk you could possibly hope for. Oh yeah, and he's ready to go. So Harris, what do you think the the changes entail with the character? I mean, more confident, obviously. I'm picturing him wearing more like a Ric Flair sort of robe, like just way more over the top with it. I don't know what he was wearing beforehand. Well, he already was wearing. Okay, like a, so he's like already kind of doing robe. that. I would just, I mean, more swagger then, right? More confidence, maybe a little bit more aggressive move set. I don't know. Does he win anything, or does he just lose immediately? Like, do they do anything with it? Um, well, so the next night on Monday Nitro, now this is also the third episode of Monday Nitro. Oh, wow. Uh, Mr. Wonderful is set to take on Johnny B. Bad. Well, things have changed, definitely. He, the biggest thing is he's got a new theme song. Now, Harris, I, I can't explain this theme song to you and how amazing it is. You have to hear it. So I'm going to play it here and hopefully it comes through enough. So that people will be able to hear it, but you know we'll just we'll just give this a shot because you have to hear this. All right, can you hear this? No. Ah, crap. That's the problem. Is I can play it from my end, but I can't do it from yours. Okay, so Harris, here, let's do this then. Is it a video? I can just look it up myself. Yeah. Go to YouTube and type in Mr. Wonderful WCW theme. And it's the uh, first one. This is wonderful okay. audio here right now for everyone listening. I was just say while we're stalling the. Uh... All right. Well, real quick, let me let me describe describe what's happening. So we'll talk okay. about the theme, but also he's now coming to the ring with a mirror, like this small kind of handheld mirror, just kind of basking in his own glory. Like think of like what Tyler Breeze does with the phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Um, and so anyway, Harris, do you have this up here? Yeah. Is it the one with the picture of him and the mirror? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm a little disappointed cause I was going to talk about this mirror later, but just, just, you just got to play. So let's go to the beginning uh, okay. here. Let's play it at the same time just so it syncs up properly. So okay. here we'll count down three, two, one play. All right. You just got to hear this song. So as he starts to come out, this song is playing. And um, and Bobby the Brain says Mr. Wonderful told him that this was the greatest song ever written. And the announcers just start blasting this song because it's... <laughs> just listen to this. And the announcers are uh, Steve McMichael, Eric Bischoff, and Bobby the Brain for Nitro at this time. And this just reverberated around the arena. This was just glorious before Bobby Roode got glorious. Pretty much. <laughs> the woman saying that. <laughs> the first comment, by the way, says, I want this playing at my funeral. <laughs> Oh, that would be great. 
But now just think. So this is going, he's walking to the ring. Yeah. And the announcers are just roasting this song. Can't imagine. roasting. They're just blasting him and the song. And the crowd has no idea what to do. They're just (laughs) at a total loss. And, uh, And later on, like, he continues to use this for a while. And it will cut to, like, people in the crowd... Like with their hands over their ears, and it's usually <laughs> it's usually like little kids, yeah, who just have their hands over their ears with the song is playing. But um, anyway, <laughs> it is it's it's a great song. It, it is top. It's got to be top five wrestling themes of all time. It, it's incredible. Um, it genuinely is. By the way, the other comment, the the other highly rated comment says seventeen men lost their wives because of this song. <laughs> I'd believe that too. Wow. That was, yeah. So anyway, we're at Nitro. This is the first, you know, his first match as kind of the new Mr. Wonderful. Um, you know, the match kind of shows his aggressive side a little bit, but, but at one point he gets distracted by his mirror while he's on the outside and, uh, looking at himself in the mirror. And that leads to Johnny B. Bad performing one of the worst kicks I've ever seen in the history of wrestling. (laughs) Wow. So, Look, Mr. Wonderful is on like outside like the ring, like up against the apron. And Johnny B. Bad bounces off the ring ropes, comes running towards where Mr. Wonderful is on the outside of the ring, and then stops, grabs the ropes, and then like goes to like kick him in the head, but just stops like a foot and a half away from his face. <laughs> and then Mr. Wonderful like sells it. Like goes to the ground. Oh. And I, I honestly don't know what happened. It's just the weirdest thing. And I have no idea what, what, what was going on. But anyway, uh, Mr. Wonderful ends up getting the win. And this kind of begins, you know, his, his new new Mr. Wonderful. Uh, and this would continue for the rest of the year. And it would end up leading to Mr. Wonderful getting a much, much bigger mirror. Like about a month later. And that was amazing <laughs> as well. It's the it's the one in this picture where it's just like this massive one. The first one he had was this little small one, and right. then he ends up coming out with just an even bigger one. I wish it had just kept going to where he comes out with like holding a full length mirror. I think yeah. that would have been great. But um, and uh, but anyway, it, it's just it's great. He he would just he he would also keep looking into the mirror during interviews, like while the guy like Mean Gene is interviewing him. Well, of course. And and he would constantly mention the help that Gary Spivey gave to him, like in, in multiple interviews as the character kept going. So, uh, he would end up not wrestling for too much longer. It's kind of the, he, he, he had dealt with a lot of pretty serious injuries and, and ended up, ended up getting hurt again pretty soon after this. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of full-time wrestling, uh, kind of went away. And then in like 2000 or late nineties, 2000, he ended up being one of the biggest trainers at WCW's power plants. Their hmm. uh, their developmental thing down there. So he he did a lot of train. He's done a lot of wrestling training and and producing and stuff like that over the years. But anyway, okay. So that that ends the angle with Mister Wonderful. But but we haven't talked about who this mysterious psychic Gary Spivey is yet. So we have to do that. Now I'm sure you know everyone's wondering who this guy is. But th- okay, so this guy is a psycho. I mean a psychic that <laughs> was kind of known in the 90s by some people due to these long TV ads that would run on like lower level channels 
and he started the Psychic Companions Network, which was a 900 number that you could call, and for $3.99 per minute, you could talk to one of several psychics, just about whatever. Boy. And, uh... He's also been he's also made like many appearances on like daytime talk shows and and radio shows throughout the, you know, 25 years or whatever. And mm-hmm. he always wears that like stupid white afro wig that now is like three times the size of the one in in this segment. It's like way bigger now. Like it's it makes no sense. It's like comically enormous. It looks like a giant piece of like rounded styrofoam on top of his head. Like, I just, I don't understand. It, it, I don't understand. And everything I look up, I cannot figure out why he does this. Um, like, there has to be a reason that I can't figure out what it is. Um, it, just just type in a picture. of Just type Gary Spivey in, and you'll immediately know what I'm talking about. Um, any of you listening do that. That is honestly astonishing. Like, you described it very well. But you still have still no idea. Is, it's, un- it's unbelievable. <laughs> It's it, it really you have to do, stop what you're doing. Pull your car over to the side of the road. Take your phone out. Oh, <laughs> also, somebody has photoshopped it. So it's a golf ball. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's that's, that'd good. be a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is like this like, defies all logic. This is the this. weirdest thing I've ever seen in this entire in the entire history of this show. Like all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I can not believe it was real. Um, so anyway, uh, but he's, he's a, uh, a psychic. He, he tours as well and performs shows, um, uh, quite a bit through the year. He claims he can, you know, see things spiritually and he has a connection to other dimensions. He can also, of course, communicate with the dead. Uh, this is all from his website. Uh, there's also an amazing five minute TV commercial. I found one of his TV commercials on YouTube and it is incredible. I mean, it's 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 horrible. But um, so there's a, there there used to be a TV show host called Downtown Julie Brown. I have no idea what she did, but I know she was some sort of TV host, I guess. But anyway, she's the host of like this commercial, and so her she's she is on a boat, and I put that in uh, quotation marks with Spivey, four other women, and one man, and they're traveling to the Bermuda Triangle. To experience the psychic wonders of that mysterious area. Now, Harris, they are clearly not on a boat, as it is definitely a stage. But they add in some stock aerial footage of a ship, so we th- we think they are on a boat. Uh, they're not rocking or moving or anything. It's just stationary camera, stationary people. They're not on a boat. Um... So, they, but they go through the 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 uh, Bermuda Triangle. Again, this is like a five-minute-long commercial. Like it's one of those big, long ones. And uh, they actually go to another commercial break during this commercial, which I'd never seen before. But they go to a break when they're about to go through the the uh, Bermuda Triangle, supposedly, and then they come back after they've already gone through it. And uh, they're asking him about uh, he's asking people if they felt anything weird. And of course, they all did. And Spivey talks about the wonders he saw and that one of the women there lost. He saw that one of the women lost somebody 
in the triangle, in the Bermuda Triangle. And one woman pipes up and says her uncle's plane went down in the Bermuda Triangle. But she's like giggling about it like it's so amazing that he knew this. You know, when you're like so fascinated, you're like, wow. But no one no wouldn't act like that when remembering a loved one that died tragically. It, it makes <laughs> me strongly suspect these are just hired actors, Harris. No. I, it can't. It can't be proven, but I, you know, it's, it's suspected. Um, uh, and he also talks about how lucky they were to actually make it through the triangle because one wrong move and, and, you know, it could be the end of them, but that he already foresaw that they would make it safely. So that's why the trip was safe. Um, Mm. and it was not due to the fact that they aren't on a boat, but, uh, of course. You know, those are just some a few little things there. It, it's a really it's a really horrible commercial, so don't watch it. But it, it was um, <laughs> it was very eye opening, and uh, that kind of ends the story of um, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and and his interaction with uh, Gary Spivey of the Psychic Companions Network on uh, WCW I'm television. To, I'm going to choose to believe that he himself was lost in the Bermuda Triangle. That that's what happened to him. <laughs> It's a good point. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't prove it, but you can't disprove it. That's the Bermuda Triangle for you. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Okay, uh, Survivor Series is going on right now. Rey Mysterio is dressed as Doink. I know, dude. I didn't want to interrupt you. He's trying to do a Joker thing. He looks like Doink. He's re- he's, I, he's he wrestling as comical. Doink. He's got a red nose and green hair. It's terrible. Yeah, like, it's bad. I want to like this match, and it might be great. He literally, he doesn't look like the Joker. He just looks like a clown. It is. That's I assume what... the TV's muted. I, I assume yeah, Paul Heyman is making some jokes about it while he's introducing Brock Lesnar. Because my so. word, how can you not? Yeah. It's, it's the dumbest in-ring attire I think I've ever seen. I can't believe he actually went out like that. Anyway, that, that that's what happens <laughs> when you're listening to us actually recording mm. during a live wrestling show. But anyway, that's the story of that. I thought it was pretty pretty perfect for our uh, for our show, and I was quite pleased that I was able to find that. That's pretty incredible. Not gonna lie, that might be the weirdest. Was there any product placement like for no. the hotline at all, well, or did yeah, it just? Yeah, I mean, happen? you just mentioned the they just kept mentioning the Psychic Companions Network, but nothing yeah. else. Okay, well, boy, that honestly, this is a show where we've covered crossovers from. RoboCop and the Muppets. I, I feel like this might be the weirdest wrestling crossover of all time. It, it, yeah, it might be. the The Muppets somehow make more sense. <laughs> the Muppets always I don't know. make more sense. That's true. Oh man! But anyway, Harris, wow. do you have any uh, any other thoughts on this topic? I would love to see him come back. That's the main thing. <laughs> Let him mentor Zack Ryder, baby. What are you scared of? Oh, man. That would be... Uh, that might make me start watching WWE again. <laughs> just just going to throw that out there. Not that it's an incentive or anything for anyone, but just going to say. Well, now that Harris is typing away on the keyboard, I think that's the sign. I'm just looking up. I found an article. I clicked on a Gary Spivey picture, and it's... 10 WWE superstars that were probably Scientologists. 
<laughs> I'm just digging around in there. The first one on the list is uh, is Mr. Wonderful when he was mentored by Gary Spivey. So <laughs> there might be some future episodes in this list. Who's to say? Hey, yeah. You never know. You never know. Oh, man. All right. I can't. Okay, Mark, we're, we're not going to make this a whole thing, but when we record during pay-per-views is when the dumbest stuff happens because the last time we did this was when Hell Bray Wyatt got the giant whack-a-mole helmet out at Hell in a Cell. And now I'm watching Brock Lesnar just beat the tar out of like a five foot four inch man who's dressed as a clown. Yeah. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This is the dumbest thing that's happened on WWE TV in at least like a month. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, it's been a good show. It has. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Thanks a lot. Uh, Mm. Follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. We follow back wrestling fans. Um, and uh, follow us on Instagram uh, also at behind underscore gorilla we're also on Facebook at behind the grill podcast um, follow me on Twitter at Mark Markbrand and I'm at Harris Wilson you can do that as well um, I don't really have any other thoughts so Harris do you have any uh, final last things you would like to say I'm just going to say once again, you should follow me because I'm about to get on Twitter and retweet every single thing roasting Rey Mysterio for this choice right now. <laughs> I cannot get over it, and I'm not going to for some time. So go back to Harris's tweets from a, a you know yesterday or a few days ago, whenever you're listening to this, so that you can see all those all those retweets. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with another weird wrestling topic, although it probably won't be weirder than this harris if it is i will be incredibly impressed if you can find something that is i'm not sure that i can i don't know if there is something weirder than this in the history of wrestling but if there is we'll we'll definitely try and find it that you can <laughs> you can get you can bet on that oh, all right yeah. thanks so much for listening everyone again i'm mark and i'm harris have a great week